Welcome to another Art of Relationships podcast. We are grateful for listeners like you. Let's get right into it. Well, Lisa, it's um, fun to start another podcast on uh, just listening to some of the people out there um, that have written in and asked questions. And that's a fun part of our job, isn't it? Oh, I love it. You never know what they're going to come up with. Yeah, (laughs) you have no idea sometimes. And even you right now have no idea what I'm about to ask you, do you? I don't. I'm sitting with bated breath. Okay, there we go. So people have written in um, when they talk about relationships and the idea that they're dating somebody who has a hard time making a commitment to the relationship. Mm. They're, uh, they're worried about they've been dating for a while now, uh, but they just can't seem to make up their mind. Mm-hmm. And they're worried. And so one person seems to be a little bit more you know, ready to go. And the other person seems to be holding back. And so the question is, is actually one that's a general question. What advice, Lisa, would you give to a person who's been in a long-term relationship with somebody and they're still cold feet? One person feels more uh, ready to, to make the plunge and the other person just isn't there. And they use a variety of excuses. So in this case, they're talking about they, they just aren't feeling that way yet. Uh, they're worried that they're you know not completely convinced that God is calling them together, you know, finances, they bring up all these other things, but the other person is like, wait a minute, at what point is it too much and just too long? And do Mm. I just kind of give up? Gosh, that's a great question. We actually get that one Mm -hmm. quite often. Uh, I guess my first question would be, how long have you been dating? Mm -hmm. Because uh, some people can move very quickly. And within a couple of months, they're like, oh, wow, this is the person I'm going to marry. And I want to say I love you. And and let's go ahead and get engaged. Whereas uh, someone else may need, you know, at least a year, maybe two under their belt to really feel like they know the other person well enough. Um, so I would ask, uh, I would that would be the first question I would ask is, how long have you been dating? Yeah, okay. And so you, the reason you want that is because there's a certain amount of time in which it's normal, right? How long is appropriate to date? I mean, would you say anything under six months is not long enough to get to know somebody, mm-hmm. to go through the seasons? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, an author named Deborah Folletta talked about seasons. Mm-hmm. At least going through at least a year, seeing a summer, fall, winter, and spring through your relationship, right? And why is that important? Well, it's important because you want to use this time to really get to know the other person. How do, how are how are they at holidays? How do they interact with their families? How do they celebrate holidays or special days? How do they handle disappointments or uh, maybe grief that comes into life? Mm-hmm. How do they handle anger and conflict? How do they handle money? How do they like to vacation or mm-hmm. what's a great date night for the other person? A lot of this, you're just it's just not going to occur all of it during that six months. So you want to see it at least a year year go by on the calendar. Uh, And even we have friends that would say two years. Okay. So now it's exceeded that. So in this case, the person is clearly dragging their feet. It's been date. They've been dating on five years. They have different reasons why, you know, for Mm -hmm. this going on, but it's now exceeding five years. Um, would you recommend they continue in this? It, the relationship has kind of been, it, it sounds like off on, mostly on, but the other person really isn't there. Is that too long? And what what advice would you give? And so I would say this, I would say you start with, 
you know, so now we know the length and, and it's been five years. I, you know, to me, what's happening, it, it feels as if the other person, is, and it's the guy that's kind of with cold feet, mm-hmm. um, is having a hard time, you know, reconciling what it means to be fully committed to somebody that maybe isn't a perfect person. And, and he said that mm-hmm. before, it sounds like. So he said, well, I just, you know, I, I, I don't have everything together, but I, I just thought it would be different or I'm not quite sure, you know, if I have all everything worked out, but neither do you and is my love 100 percent. And sometimes it comes and goes and he worries about that. Wow. Well, I would think after five years, uh, I would hope that he would have that figured out on his part. Either you can take me and accept me the way I am and love me and be happy for the next 60 years, or we just need to call this game because five years would be an awful long time to invest and not, not have this figured out yet. Yeah, I agree. And so I think for this listener, and and if you find out if you're out there in that situation, if it's been one or two years, I think it's probably normal. Uh, You you may start realizing that by this time, though, when it exceeds, uh, you know, a couple of years and now there's this still hesitancy, sometimes it just takes, um, I would recommend, you know, taking that break and making sure that break is pretty solid in order for that person to kind of figure themselves out and to figure this out. And if mm-hmm. they can't do it or don't want to, I know this person sounds like they very really love each other and they express that. Um, mm-hmm. It's just maybe a fear of commitment that uh, needs to be worked on. Yeah. Another option might be to uh, to see if they're willing to go into couples counseling yeah, and agree. get down to the root of this fear of commitment. Yeah, I agree. All right, Lise, that's great. And we have another question. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, it, it's, it's actually really similar. And that is, the reason that they're struggling is because she is worried about something. And she says this, she's been dating a Christian guy now, but he has actually been struggling with porn for a number of years. In fact, she wrote, he's been struggling with porn for almost 14 years, uh, up until about six months ago. Um, And uh, he's slightly older than me, she said, but uh, he has recently fallen back. He he was fine. Um, I guess this would this time it almost looks like six months without a problem. But he experienced what she called a downhill when he said he's watched porn a few times this past week due to an emotional struggle. Here's her question: Is it good or healthy for me to stay in a relationship with someone who has struggled for porn for this long, uh, or should I call it quits, even though both of us are Christians and are told to forgive like Christ? He said he cannot promise me that he will never do it again, um, but he's still tempted every single day. Is it possible that people who've been exposed like this can actually um, get better? And they're dating or married? They are dating. Ooh, okay. Because that, for me, that really changes it. Mm-hmm. I think what when you're talking about a dating situation, you are not called to love unconditionally in a husband-wife kind of way. You are still in a relationship where you are evaluating and judging, is this person a good match for me? Is this uh, is this person a good going to be a good partner, a good husband, a good wife? 
wife a good um, parent down the road. And so what do you have to look at except patterns? And so what we always tell uh, people who come in with these kind of questions is that you have to look at patterns, not potential. Because potential, you don't have any guarantee that they're going to look at, uh, you know, meet that, that potential and rise to the occasion. So what you have to do is fall back and look at the patterns of behavior. And if a struggle with pornography, pornography use has been a pattern of behavior for 14 years, mm-hmm. uh, I'm saying that's probably not going to be a good match for you long term. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, it, it's not going to be, you know, I, just in general, it seems like our culture does a whole lot better with telling people how to start relationships rather than how to end dating relationships. Mm, like, you know, point. it's like, oh, yeah. let's start this, do this, go out and date. But there are times in which, you know, it's it's appropriate to end. And, and you know, again, it sounds like this questioner is is really struggling with the idea uh, of ending this because they love them and they you know they mm-hmm. want to be with them and they're hoping that this person mm-hmm. you know gets better I, I would say the best thing you can do in a situation like this is to actually uh, call it out as the reason and hold the person accountable so they've been off for six months and now all of a sudden just a week or two ago they've fallen and they've told you that mm-hmm. to me I, I think there needs to to be, I think, light brought to the situation and to be held mm-hmm. accountable. And, and I think you, you, what you could have done six months ago is say, listen, if you struggle again, this is not going to be good for me. And I know that times you're going to fall, but you're actually, are they seeking help? Are they working on this? Do they have people in their lives? Do they have an accountability partner? You know, does, does he or she, you know, or he in this case, does, does he have someone that he can turn to it? It, and and then why we are going to have emotional struggles? Mm-hmm. Does he turn to this? And I, I so I think the person probably needs to say, I need to see more than this. I need to mm-hmm. see you not only make these commitments to counseling, commitments to going and and seeing this for what it is. Um, and I'm, you're going to need to held held accountable. And therefore, for me we need to stop dating. And that's mm-hmm. part of the accountability process, right? That means if you do fall during this time, then it's not giving me any confidence that either you're not working on it or you're not making progress. And so... And, and I think the bottom line is that there are times uh, that love just is not enough. It's not enough to form a long-lasting, healthy Marriage. What does that mean? Love is not enough. What, what? Well, you said that you know, like yeah. Well, we've dated for you know for this minute long, and I really love him, and so you know, so I don't want to break up. I don't want to call it quits because I love him, mm-hmm. and love can come overcome all challenges. And there's just sometimes that that just love is not enough. What what I'm saying is agreeing with you that seeing actual steps towards health, towards change, and seeing it long term. Again, look at the patterns. Six months out of 14 years is not a long enough time to see a pattern. Mm-hmm. And what you saw is you saw them fall away from a pattern. Yeah. And so... Um, so yeah, I would I would be very wary. And and I think something you said there, Lisa, is really helpful. So so 
you hold them accountable, but you also need to see behavior and actions falling in line mm-hmm. with this commitment. And until then, mm-hmm. um, you're really doing is I, I, I would think you'd be making a mistake if this person really isn't attempting to do this, but they're, if they're not showing this pattern for you. Right. And long that, term. Uh-huh. And, 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 and if even, I think six months could be long enough if during that process they put into place a number of these other things that I, I don't see that they've done, right? Counseling and yeah, accountability the, partner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they may, but you want to see a longer term pattern if you're going to make a long term, lifelong commitment. You want to see more change. You want to see a longer uh, pattern of of the ability to overcome this addiction or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, than than six months. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I, I think this is a bigger issue, and we did do a podcast yeah. on this, and so go look for that. That way, we just wanted to make sure we got this question in. At least there are. Uh, we could, let's take one more a question, right? That we're getting from listeners, and and something that we're hearing a lot. You know, at uh, when it comes to just what is it like? Um, you know, it, it's certain this, but in life, they talk about the challenges. Um, that they have, and they just didn't realize how busyness was impacting their relationship. And and, and this person wrote in and says, it feels like they're almost dating a stranger, or, or mar- sorry, married to a stranger. Mm-hmm. And while they were dating, they kind of knew a lot of each other, they talked a lot, and they just, well, have gone isolated. And so mm-hmm. they feel isolated. Um, what would you say to a couple uh, who who write in and say, I no longer feel as if I know my partner or I'm excited even when they come home. I feel like we're drifting. We've drifted to isolation. We used to talk and do everything together. Now Mm -hmm. we don't. And we not even been married that long. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're falling away from each other. Yeah, gosh, uh, that's good. And I I think there's probably a couple of answers we, we would give. I would say, first of all, date your spouse again. Date your husband. Be your husband's girlfriend again. If you're the guy, be your wife's boyfriend again. What did you do when you dated each other? You used to text throughout the day, connect that way. You used to do special things for them. You you used to carve out time together from your busy schedules because it was a priority to be together, right? It's like, gosh, no matter what's going on, I am carving out time this weekend to be with you because I've missed you all week. And so we need to carry that into marriage and continue dating and being the kind of spouse you would want to come home to. Mm. Well, yeah, I like that. I I would answer it very similarly. In social psychology, there's this finding that says uh, people always wonder, do our attitudes, they believe our attitudes, what we think, what we feel, what we believe, actually influence and lead to our behavior. But what social psychology has found is our behavior oftentimes leads to our attitudes, mm, yeah. our values. Mm-hmm. And so by putting that into practice, you would say, well, I know I'm feeling isolated. They write, I, I don't feel as connected. I feel like we're drifting apart. And the question is for me, okay, what behaviors, like you said, did you used to do that have led you to this point where you, um, you, you, what would you have done or what would you do today if you were 
still feeling strongly in love and intimate and close and connected? What, Like, for example, would you run and meet them at the door or greet them with a mm. kiss and a hug whenever you had been apart for a little while? Would you say, I'm so good to see you? Now, go and do that. Try that. And in, in other words, sometimes we just do a behavior even though it doesn't feel like it. So, Lisa, I remember you gave advice to a friend one time and they said this very question mm-hmm. was like this. And you told her, what did you used to do when he came home or if you got home? Um, what happened? He goes, well, I'd go up and we'd greet each other and I'd say, I missed you and hug them. Mm-hmm, exactly. And so what we told her to do, because she was the one that was talking to me, I told her then for the next 30 days, every day when you get home before him, when he walks in the door, you run over to the door, stop whatever you're doing, set it aside, go over to the door And then give him a big hug, a big smooch, and just say, oh, I'm so glad you're home. I missed you. Now, she said, by the way, there's no way. I don't feel Mm -hmm. that. I remember, like, I can't, I would feel like I'm not being authentic or real. Yeah, exactly. And and maybe you don't, but follow the science is the big saying right now, right? So I want you to behave, I told her, I want you to behave as though you feel that way and do what you would do if you did feel that way. And what she found is within a week, Chris, within a week, she began to look forward to him coming in the door where, where, where before she was just like very ambivalent and didn't even acknowledge it, slowly she began to feel that that excitement. I remember you said that um, it was a week into this, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she heard either him coming in, or I, I guess she heard him coming in, and all of a sudden her heart kind of jumped a little bit, mm-hmm. and she went, oh, He's home. I am looking forward to him getting home is what she began to realize. And then she also began to see a change in him where he used to just come in, you know, set his his briefcase down or whatever it is and her backpack go back into the room. Now he actually walked in and he looked for her. Mm-hmm. Because now he was expecting her to come up. Now he's looking for her and has a, an expression of of eager anticipation that she's going to greet him with a hug and a kiss. And mm-hmm. he kind of likes that. And so mm-hmm. now she's actually receiving that, that facial feedback of, oh, wow, now he's smiling, coming mm-hmm. in, looking for me. That makes me to act, that actually makes me want to, to do this a little more. Yeah. So it wasn't immediate. It was, it, you, they felt, I remember, you know, it felt stilted or not really real, but they started to recreate what they used to feel like and what it was like when they were dating. And they just Simply took those steps, and and then it seemed like after their behavior, their feelings, their feelings started yeah. to follow. Dr. John Gottman calls this um, rituals of shared meaning, and so he talks about how important it is to um, to emotional connection to have these rituals that you go through each day. The way you say goodbye to each other mm-hmm. at the beginning of the day, if you're both leaving for the day for work or school, and then how you greet each other when you come home. What you do before you go to bed mm-hmm. uh, and, and that you reinforce those each time by doing That's those great. shared meanings. So what he recommends is before you leave each day and then when you arrive home that you hug and you give each other a six second kiss. Well, 
Okay. All right. That six <laughs> second kiss, because what he says is that it establishes when you do it in the morning, it establishes the tone for the day of how you feel about each other. And when you come home and you do it, it sets the tone for the for the mm-hmm. rest of the evening. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I'm sure some of you out there are like I never, we never kiss for six seconds except for well, but <laughs> but the idea. So so you know, it's just a suggestion. There's other ways. You know, you hug for a while. Maybe you're mm-hmm. not really a hugger, but you just kind of look at each other, mm-hmm. or you just ask a question: What's on your plate for today? And mm-hmm. how, how can, can I, be, I help you? How can I help you? How can I be praying for you? Yeah. And sometimes you can text them certain things that like you used to do. Hey, I'm thinking about you. Yeah, or I know you have that big meeting that you're going into this afternoon, and I'm praying for you as you present your project. Yeah, things that recapture that, whether they are just those things you used to do, um, the, the cool things that now you can start doing and recapture some of those feelings, and that could help. And yeah. Yeah, at least good answer, man. I love that. Good question yeah, from so, the listener. Yeah, so if you have a question that you would like for us to answer on the podcast, just send it to us. You can contact us through cmr.biola.edu and just click on the Contact Us link. Yeah, and you can go to that website if you want to hear, you know, we like I said, we we've uh, we speak in lots of different places. And if you want to go hear wherever, you know, certain parts of the country and sometimes in Southern California, churches and uh, schools, you're more than welcome to come attend some of these events that we do. Yeah, give. we're going to be the spring. We're going to be in Hershey, Pennsylvania, Omaha, Nebraska, where else? Atlanta, Georgia. Right. And so, gosh, we would love for you to come and join us at some of those marriage conferences. Yeah, and even in the summer of 2020 two up at Forest Home and oh uh, yeah Christian Conference Center Christian Conference Center check it out all right well it's good talking with you all and answering these questions has been fun keep writing them in thanks for listening to the art of relationships this podcast is only made possible through generous donations from listeners just like you if you like it and want to help keep the podcast going visit our website at cmr.biola.edu and make a donation today